Japur's Clothing is a new stylish black-owned brand established in 2016. They explore unfamiliar territories in the clothing industry by tailoring their Euro Street vibe into their entire product line to enrich their vision to their customers and all of their clients. In a world where you can be anything, Japur says, be you, be versatile. Shapur's clothing can also be found at www.shopshapurisclothing.com. And Shapur's clothing is also an official partner of this show, Real Talk with the Six Man. Shapur's, be you, be versatile. It shows a nine-year-old being handcuffed and handled by a D.C. police officer. What did he do? Where's his parents? Both police and the boy's mom say this started when the boy was leaning on a car. Police told him to get off. He talked back to the officer, who then gave chase. You see the officer bring the boy down to the ground and wrestle with him for a bit to put him in cuffs. The boy was screaming nearly the entire time. He even soiled his pants during the tussle. We spoke to both the boy and his mom a few hours ago. And get this, she also works in law enforcement. I was devastated. I was devastated. I was traumatized for my son having to go through that. His use of force was unnecessary. It hurt it. Police say that they are investigating that officer. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? Um, it took me a couple of days to really um, sit back and think about this. Um, and I did respond to it on, on um, Instagram um, with a quick video of how of how I felt about it. Um, but I've been thinking about it. And um, I just feel like some things need to be changed. I heard that the AG um, in D.C. is trying to um, look at the policies and procedures 
for DC police. And that's a good thing. But my thing is, why does it have to come to, you know, three incidents of adolescents being arrested, not being charged, not being guilty of anything, but they're but they're placed in handcuffs. And now the AG wants to step in and, you know, look at policies and procedures of the Metropolitan Police Department. And on one hand, you know, I can understand that, you know, the police have a job to do, and they do, which is to serve the community and protect the community. And it's hard to do that when you don't live in the surrounding area or in the direct community that you're policing. And so I don't care how much training you have. I don't care about any of that. Stuff is still going to look suspect to you if you don't know how an individual community operates. Because it's a lot of communities that operate differently for different reasons because they're set up different. And when you got officers in these communities, you know, that don't know anything about the community, it's hard for them to police that community. Very, very hard for them to police that community. And in these incidents with the 10-year-old boy who got handcuffed, um, you know, he was running with a group of boys and, you know, they was banned little boys. And on the on the news and on the clip that I'm looking at, they 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 emphasize the fact that it was a group of boys who harassed and and, and robbed another boy of an iPhone with a gun. And they didn't get specific what, what kind of gun it was. It just says with a gun. And that's the type of shit that I'm talking about with the media. The type of shit that they like to project. I mean, because these little boys had a, a, a BB gun. Not sure what type of BB gun it was, but it was a BB gun. It was a BB gun. And yes, they were wrong for harassing this little boy and, and, and taking his BB gun. But the young man that they questioned didn't have anything to do with the incident. <clears throat> but yet placed him under arrest put him in handcuffs and um, <clears throat> basically detained him. Now, I understand that, you know, in the course of an investigation, you know, you have to investigate, you have to, you know, ask questions. I mean, you have to investigate. So I'm pretty sure, you know, certain things have to happen, but I don't necessarily think that it's necessary for an adolescent child to be handcuffed while you question him. He's already scared that he's being detained by the police. So putting him in handcuffs to me is just over the top. That's just to me. And then in this other incident, it was a nine-year-old young man, nine, nine years old. And uh, apparently the police was rolling through and saw this young man and basically was like, you know, saw him leaning on the car. He was like leaning on the car. <clears throat> and the police came through and was like, get off the car. He had words with the police and 
he ended up being chased because he ran and getting handcuffed. And I mean, here it is. This young man in this incident wasn't doing anything but leaning up on a car. <clears throat> and I mean, it could have been his mother's car, father's car, brother's car, neighbor's car. I mean, in my mind, this is where I get confused on the police saying they want to bridge this gap in the communities that they that they serve. Because in my mind, if you if if, if I'm a police officer and I roll and I'm rolling up the street and I see a young man <clears throat> leaning on a car, I don't think I'm gonna automatically be like, get off the car. I don't think I'm gonna be like that. I think I'm gonna be like, hey, What's up, young blood? What's going on? What they do with with the grades heading on? You know, what school look like? You know, whatever. You know, just shoot shoot a couple pleasantries, you know. Make sure he good. Make sure everything gravy. And keep it moving. But in this instance, it's, you know, get off the car. <clears throat> Not whose car is it. Get off the car. I mean, wh why is that necessary? Why is it so necessary for a police officer to be riding down the street, see a nine-year-old, and feel like he got to say, get off the car. Why? I mean, how much energy does it take just to speak to the young man and keep it moving? I mean, he's nine years old. He's not breaking no laws. And so when I hear these spokespeople talking about bridging the gap, you know, in the community, how can you do that? How can you bridge that gap when it just seems like these police officers that that serve and police in these communities don't know nothing about the community or the people who live in it? And 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 in some instances, and, and I think in this case, could have could have started a gap could have started closing that gap in in this in this one instance and and, and matter of fact in both of these instances I mean shit it's been three instances in the last four months of adolescents being handcuffed by the police and I'm thinking in each incident it could have been uh, you know it could have been something where they could have took the time and start to to build and bridge that gap even with the youth because they are they are the generation that I think myself and my generation group are fighting for to make sure they get better than what we got because they are the future leaders of this country of this nation and in order to have them have a certain amount of respect for the police it has to be respect on both sides. And don't get me wrong. You know, I know a lot of law enforcement people. I worked with them. I went to school with them. Um, I worked right alongside with them in some instances um, when I was doing security and other things. And I've, I've had the opportunity to hear their side of the story as well, which makes sense. Why? Because it's their story and it's their experience. And so, as a civilian, I can see both sides. You know, 
how how a police officer may think in certain situations and how a civilian may, you know, take or react to certain situations when in regards to a police officer. And I just think in these, you know, few incidents that happen that, you know, children, children, you know, under the age of, you know, 13, because that's the first number that has the teen attached to it. Under 13, shouldn't be handcuffed. Detain, question, um, you know, um, having their parents called, you know, all of that. But being handcuffed, that's not necessary. And that's definitely, that's definitely not, you know, building no bridge. It is not. I mean, in this one incident where this police officer told this young man to get off the car for what? Why did this officer feel like he needed to spend energy on telling a nine-year-old kid to get off a, a car? For what? Now, despite um, the disrespect that the child might have showed to the police officer, but guess what? What do what do these what do these young men what do these young men see on a regular basis referring to police officers and men or young men, you know, their their color? They 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 watch social media. They watch the news. I mean shit. Social media is the news now. Social media is the news now. And so that disrespect, you know, how how small it may have been, um, you know, comes from the fact that, you know, police aren't well-versed in some of these communities that they police because they're not from here. I mean, a lot of times when the police roll up on you, you know, they say the dumbest shit sometimes and it just make you look at them like, what? And just with that one incident, it's already, they put in the car park, they getting out, they want to know what's going on, is there a problem? Yeah, it is a problem. <clears throat> you don't know how to communicate with the people in this community. Because I feel like in that one incident, it was unnecessary for the police officer to say anything to this young man other than what's up, how you doing, everything good, alright, y'all be easy. <clears throat> but it turned into get off the car, the young man saying something to the police, <clears throat> and now he's being placed in handcuffs. And then when we look into the story a little bit more, it says that the mother of this young man is in law enforcement. And so what does that mean? Does that mean that he hears stories about what she goes through? And they might not be as good. And now he's, you know, forming his own opinion on how he feel about police officers. Or is it, you know, him just, you know, being a young man trying to figure out, you know, what way to go? I mean, because a lot of times the identity crisis is young men like to look a certain type of way for other people in the community, if that makes sense. And I know, I mean, I was one of the, I was, I think, you know, for for a, a latter part of my youth, you know, that was kind of, 
my identity crisis because I felt like I was a good I was a good kid. Um, but a few incidents happened to me where it changed me long term. You know, a few short term incidents changed me long term. And so we got to look at that. We got to look at the scope of what this incident could do long term. Because long term, um, I was listening to the mother of the nine-year-old and she was saying that she was traumatized by this. So let's think about the child and how how this could have been, you know, traumatizing for him. I mean, they say he pissed in his pants. And I mean, he's nine years old. He's not no grown man. He's nine years old. And so this is going to have a traumatic effect on him. And we we read the news. We go about our day like it ain't shit. Why? Because it don't affect us because it ain't had shit to do with us. But we don't know the long-term effects it's going to have on these young men who's, who, who've been handcuffed by the police. We don't know what type of long-term effect it's going to have on them. You know, PTSD, not being able to sleep, showing signs of, you know, resentment towards the police. I mean, it it's a lot that comes with this. And I think that, you know, the old saying, um, actions speak louder than words, right? And then there's another saying, um, with every action, there's a reaction. And in this case, Actions of the police and their spokespersons needs to to have some action behind it. And so action speak louder than words in this reference just means that it needs to be more action. Show the community that you want to have a different way of policing the community. And that's having these police officers you know, either living in a community or getting well-versed with the community that they're going to police. Because a lot of times the communication breakdown is where it stands from. And a lot of these police officers feel like because they're police officers that they can do and say whatever the fuck they want. And that's just not the case. Because if you walk up on a grown man or if you walk up on a grown woman, they know their rights, they legal, they go to work and you walk up with the bullshit, then nine times out of 10, if a person that had an eight hour day, 10 hour day, 12 hour day, <clears throat> they got kids, they trying to get home to cook dinner, whatever they doing. If the police come off disrespectful, then nine times out of 10, the person that they're talking to is going to come off disrespectful as well. Now, I mean, I mean, I don't think people intentionally want to be you know, disrespectful with the police. But, at, you know, sometimes, you know, the police don't give you a choice because they just come out their mouth so sideways. And I don't want to get off track with, you know, um, these incidents with these young men, but I'm just saying, you know, there is a reaction to every action. And, you know, was this little boy or were these young men wrong you know, in the acts of what they were doing. I mean, this young man 
that was with these other young guys that robbed this young man, you know, with a with a with a BB gun for his iPhone. Yeah, that was that was a bad that was a bad decision. Very bad decision. But this young man that was sitting on the car and felt like he had to he had to have words with the police. Yeah, it was a bad decision. But it was a decision that they made based off what though? This young man rolling with these other teenagers, I mean, uh, rolling with these other kids, you know, um, is he a get with? Is he a follower? Who is he? You know? Wh what does he know about leadership or following others that's, you know, doing stuff that's wrong? Because there's a lot of kids that can't identify with who they are, so they go and, you know, you know, identify with other kids that do shit that they know that's wrong. And they do it anyway. Or like this nine-year-old who was sitting on his car and had words for the police. And I mean, for me, like I said, you know, I don't think I would have had anything to say to him other than what's up, young man, what's going on. That's it. But again, you know, you got these police officers who police these communities and they don't know the people in their community. So they don't know how to talk to them. And then, you know, let's let's just be honest. There's no respect. There's no respect. And I'm not saying all police officers because, again, I know a lot of good police officers. I know a lot of good law enforcement people. I see them every day on social media. I run into them sometimes. And they're good people. <clears throat> they got families. They got issues. They got concerns. You know, they people like us. They just have a different job than we had. And their job is pretty hard because I feel like at the end of the day, you know, we want to, as the community, keep saying that, we need more police. We need more police. But then it's a catch-22 because you can't turn around and say, fuck the police, but then turn around and want the police to be there for you when something happens to you or want to police the community that, you know, the community is pretty much rebelling against them and saying, fuck them. That's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. But, you know, that's the job that they signed up for. So it's a hard job. It's a job that I know I couldn't do. But as the community, <clears throat> we got to see it both sides. We got to see it both ways. We can't allow ourselves to get to the point where, you know, we just so stuck on saying fuck the police and having an attitude, you know, towards them and automatically thinking that their attitude towards us is going to be peaches and cream. It's, that's not how it works. That is not how it works. We keep talking about, you know, um, wanting to be better and, and, and wanting the community to be better and wanting the police to be better and wanting all this stuff to be better. But who it, it don't happen overnight. It ain't no magic wand that you can just wave at people and think that, you know, shit going to be different. It, it, it's got to be work on both sides. It's got to be work on the police as a department. And then it has to be work done um, in the community for people that's in the community. And there's a lack of respect both ways. And that lack of respect and that lack of communication between the police and the community is where this issue needs to stop. I mean, handcuffing a suspect, detaining a suspect, I got that. But these are children under 13. So, you know, if, if, if there's another word for juvenile, other than adolescent, <clears throat> that's all I can come up with. Adolescent. Young men 
that really don't know what's going on. And, and you know, even with the police, this could have been a teachable moment. Again, building that bridge. It could have been a teachable moment in both situations where the police officer <clears throat> could have detained the 10 year old and investigated, find out what's going on, found out that he didn't have anything to do with it and just say, hey, teachable moment. Is this what you want to do? Do you want to be hanging with these young guys? Possibly getting in trouble? You know, what if we thought that was a real gun? Somebody could have really got hurt or killed. Teachable moment. With the nine-year-old, you know, with the wordplay on his mouth. Could have just, you know, basically told him, you know, being disrespectful, you know, towards a police officer or, you know, just talking to him, telling him, you know, being disrespectful, period, is not the way to go. It has repercussions long-term. And so both of these moments were teachable moments, but the officers decided not to take the time to have a teachable moment with these young men. And now, in my mind, these young men are now scarred for the rest of their life because they've been handcuffed, detained, embarrassed, scared, all that. All that. I mean, being handcuffed by a police officer is not a good feeling at all. If you've ever been handcuffed, by a police officer, whether it was violent or nonviolent, it doesn't matter. It it they it, it feels the same. It feels the exact same. And the only people who know what that feels like are the people who's who've been handcuffed by the police. And some police officers <coughs> excuse me, some police officers are you know, more respectful than others. But no matter the amount of respect that they have, or no matter how um, how thoughtful they may be to you, once those handcuffs come on, it's a different feeling after that. I mean, it's a it's a feeling of 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 hopelessness. Like you can't do nothing in them handcuffs. Nothing. And handcuffs are, you know, there as a police deterrent to make sure they are protected as well. So again, I see this both sides. And my only issue is that they're adolescent kids, that they're, that they're, that they're children. And now they've been scarred with putting these handcuffs on them. And we don't know the long-term effects that it's going to have on them. We don't. And again, going back to, you know, there's a, there's a, a reaction to every action. And now we got to go and make sure these young kids are okay. And I'm not, when I say we, I'm just saying us as a community. We got to go out and make sure that these kids are okay now. These parents got to talk to these kids on a regular basis now, making sure they're okay. Because we're not going to be with them when they go to school. We're not going to be with them, you know, when they go to bed. We don't know what they, what's going through their mind. They having nightmares or they having dreams or, you know, we, we just don't know. And there's some long-term effects that's going to happen behind this. And, yes, I'm glad that the AG is saying that he's vowing to review, you know, police practices. But, you know, why is it taking so long? Police roll up, get out of the car, 
you know, say some slick shit out your mouth, say some slick shit out their mouth to you. You return slick shit to them, and they's automatically turn around, put your hands behind your back for what? For what? You coming out the car with the slick shit? If you don't want me to talk slick to you, then don't do it to me. That that and and that brings me to, you know, not being holier than thou, but damn, the Bible says, treat those, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? But yet, as a community. You know, as a police department, we continue to treat others like we don't want to be treated. We want to keep treating others like shit, but think that it's okay. Because nine times out of ten, that shit gonna come back on you. And I and I see that on both sides. The police the police can't get out the car talking that bullshit, and the community can't be you know, willing to, you know, stoop to the police's level and talk bullshit to them. And I know for me, I'm a shit talker. And I know I'm one for, you know, standing up for myself in terms of respect because I don't do disrespect at all on no fronts. I, I don't, I just don't do, I mean, that's one thing that I did learn from my father before he left this earth was, you know, the respect that a man deserves. So I don't do disrespect from nobody, my kids, family, nobody. <clears throat> I just don't do, <clears throat> excuse me. I just don't do disrespect at all, period, point blank. And I feel like in this inst in, in these few instances, you know, there's a lot of disrespect going on. First of all, because they kids. And second of all, because they black. And then, Two instances that I saw, both police officers were white. And I'm not saying that <clears throat> white police officers are any different than black police officers because police are police. They get they got training and they got rules, policies, and procedures and practices to follow. And yes, do, does a review need to be done? Yes. Does this handcuffing adolescence Young men need to be changed? Yes. Now, I get you got to do your investigation. You got to do what you got to do, your job. But all of the other shit needs to be addressed. And I see this twofold again, ladies and gentlemen. I see this twofold. <clears throat> As the people who live in the community, we can't keep disrespecting the police and expecting for them to be, you know, so fucking respectful to us. You know, we keep talking about what we want, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get what we want. And sometimes what we got to do is we got to be respectful. We got to mind our fucking manners and we got to remember the teachings from our mothers and fathers. And if these younger people don't get it, <clears throat> then we got to put it in their ear as best we can, whenever we can. And I know that that's not a perfect situation that we're going to be able to do that all the time. <clears throat> but we can start with our own and teaching them right from wrong. But I see it both ways. I mean, handcuffing these young men was wrong, in my opinion. But I, I see it as a bigger issue. I see it as an issue where 
a lot of these police officers do not live in these communities and don't know how to react to the people in these communities. And I think that's the larger scale vision for the issues that's going on in terms of, you know, trying to bridge this gap between the police and the community. Now, in some communities, you know, certain police practices need to be put in place. Why? Because it's the type of community that the police are, uh, are policing. And I know some practices throughout various police departments are going to be different. But the AG for each of these states, especially, you know, specifically D.C., it need to be some black and white rules and some black and white do's and don'ts regardless. I know it's going to be some different practices here and there. Excuse me. But it needs to be some black and white do's and don'ts. No gray area. You do this, you get suspended. You do this, you get two days off work or whatever the case may be. You do something good. We recognize you, period. That's it. Don't need to be no more gray area no more. And I get that you got to police. I get that you got to investigate. I, I get that you got to do your job. But you do not have to do your job in a way where it's going to long-term affect the community. Because that's what's, that's what's happening right now with these young men being handcuffed. I've been handcuffed. And if you ask me, about any instance of me being handcuffed, I can remember this shit vividly. Why? Because it is traumatic. And it is something that you don't forget. And depending on the type of situation it is, it's very embarrassing. And it's something that sticks with you for a long time. And it can have a positive effect or it can have a negative effect. And nine times out of ten, if it doesn't have positive, positive reinforcement after it, it can be a, a negative effect for a long time. And I know for me, you know, when I was young, you know, when that N.W.A., when M.W.A. came out with Fuck the Police, I mean, that's how I felt. In the the mid-90s, like 94 through 96, you know, P.G. didn't stand for Prince George's County Police. P.G. stood for plead guilty because they would whoop your ass and tell you that you was guilty and you better plead guilty. A lot, lot, lot of the youngest don't know about that. A lot of the old heads my age know about that. Even in D.C., same shit. You would get your ass whooped. Jump out, jump out. They put their hands on you first before they... At, they, they, they jump out first, put their hands on you, then ask questions. It wasn't no jump out and talking. It was jump out, get your ass on the ground, get your ass on the ground, put your hands behind your back. And, we, and I would think that now that I'm 40 plus, that... The procedures would be a little bit different. Like the shit that we saw. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't in Northeast. In front of the barbershop. Police come up. Police informant. Get checked. He got a BB gun or some type of gun on him. And then that gives the police warrant to check everybody. That's bullshit. That's bad policing. You got to know the people in your community and you got to know how to respect them if you want the same amount of respect. Period, point blank. Period, point blank, ladies and gentlemen. We got to do better, man. 
I know it's a cliche, but we've got to do better. If we want better, we have got to do better. And I'm glad that the AG for D.C. is saying that he wants to review the policies and procedures and practices of the police department. It's sad that it had to come to this for them to do it, but I'm, I'm at least glad that they're doing it, that they're following up on it. And I will be following up on this situation just to see what happens. Just to see what happens. But at the end of the day, y'all, at the end of the day, we can't keep going about our day's business as usual. If the business as usual is not giving you the effects or the or the rewards that you wanted to, to give you, then we got to switch shit up. And I mean, that goes from the community also to the police. Because these, <clears throat> these young men could have made a different decision. <clears throat> Excuse my voice, y'all. <clears throat> these young men could have made a different decision to do something different, but they didn't. And now these decisions, they got to live with them. The decision for this little guy wanting to roll with these youngins that wanted to rob this dude with a BB gun for his iPhone, that's a decision. Because I'm pretty sure he got other friends he can hang with other than these individuals. And I was young once, so I know how that feels. You know, being peer pressure into doing some shit and being around some shit that you know that you know you don't want to do. I mean, you walking around, you walking with them, trying to act like it's cool, and the whole time you don't even want to fucking be with them. I know that feeling. I, I lived that life. Rolling with jokers that I knew I didn't really want to be with. But they was the neighborhood, you know, neighborhood dudes. I'm going to say that. Neighborhood dudes. So you roll with them because you get attention or you, you feel like when you with them, you untouchable. Ain't nobody untouchable, man. Do your history, man. Go back and look at YouTube and look at videos and look up, you know, <clears throat> D.C. history, street life. I don't want to put no names out there, but it's dudes out there that that's doing 30 to life. That's how that story ends. 30 to life. Life sentence. That's how that story ends. We got to get more of that type of media into these youngins' life. And I'm not talking about the youngins that's, you know, 17, 18 years old, because these jokers are already set on what the fuck they're going to do in life. And a lot of them don't want to do shit. And yes, you know, do I still feel like I don't want to give up on them? No, I still talk to them. But the ones that we can save are these young men right here. 10 years old, 9 years old, 11 years old, you know, elementary school, middle school. That's what we need to be focusing our attention on right there. Because their minds are impressionable. And this is the time that we need to give them what they need and then give them the tools to make the best decisions possible for themselves, And in terms of the police, yes, police need more training and definitely need to be certified. I love the fact that the delegate, <clears throat> the congressman that's in Pennsylvania is saying that police officers need to be licensed just like doctors and lawyers. I totally agree with that. And their training does not ever, 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 ever need to stop. And if they're going to police communities, they need to be living within a certain radius of the communities that they policing so they can know the people. 
so they can know how to react to people. People want to tell the police what's going on, but they don't have no fucking respect for the police. So therefore, no respect, no communication. No solutions. That's how that ends up. And if we want better, we just simply got to fucking do better. Period, point blank. Period, point blank. It's the six, man. I love y'all. This shit has to end, man. It has to change, man. Y'all be easy. And y'all know my motto, man. Be better than you were yesterday. Be easy. Have you ever needed an important document notarized and your bank was closed? Need someone who would be reliable, punctual, and provide great customer service? Call my man Maurice over at Austin Mobile Notary. 757-325-7353. Or email him at austinmobilenotary at gmail.com. Austin Mobile Notary is a new mobile after-hours and weekend notary service. Mention this podcast, Real Talk with the Six Man, and Maurice will give you a $5 credit towards your first bill. Remember, Austin Mobile Notary for convenient mobile notary services. Austin Mobile Notary, y'all. Check them out. Six Man. Y'all be easy.